1: And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, April the 8th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 8th, 1974, for you baseball fans, Hank Aaron of the Atlanta Braves at the time, he hit his 715th career home run. That was significant because that broke Babe Ruth's home run record. Today in 1513, Explorer Ponce de Leon and his expedition began exploring the Florida coastline. Some say he was searching for the Fountain of Youth. I was thinking about that this morning. I thought maybe I would contact their office in Florida. I'm sure they have one. Maybe maybe I could get a quart of that water from that Fountain of Youth that they found in Florida. No, I, I don't need it. I thought I'd send it out to some of you folks. Today in 1864, the United States Senate passed 38 to 6, the 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution abolishing slavery. House of Representatives passed it in January of 1865. The amendment was ratified, adopted December 1865. Always keep in mind, as people trash America and call us systemically racist, that we are the only nation in the history of the world that fought a war between ourselves over the moral issue of slavery. No one else has done that in the history of the world. I get sick and tired of people putting down America while they live off the bounty of America and keep talking about how that America is systemically racist. We're not systemically racist. We're broken, sinful people. It doesn't matter what color we are. That's our condition in this world. Sin has entered the human race and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and sin leads people to do awful things. We're not systemically racist. If we were, the world would not be breaking down our borders trying to come to our country even illegally, sometimes costing them their lives. We're the only country in the world that has to build a wall or should build one to keep people out. Other parts of the world are trying to figure out how to keep their people inside their country. They're trying to leave. That's not the case here. Anyway, that happened today, today in 1864 and 65. Today in 1913, the 17th Amendment to the Constitution, providing a popular election of U.S. senators, uh, was uh, ratified. That was as opposed to appointment by state legislatures. In the beginning, the state legislature appointed the uh, the uh, senators. Now that would not affect Washington State or Oregon, but many of the far left crazy states are that would change everything for them because uh, the legislature in the state and i could name a list of them just off the top of my head i won't for the sake of time but that would change we would patty murray would not do well in some states if we were under the old arrangement but anyway we're not that changed today 1913 today in 1943 president franklin d roosevelt ordered a freeze on wages and prices to combat inflation Today, in 1952, President Harry S. Truman seized the American steel industry to avert a nationwide strike. The Supreme Court later, later ruled that Truman had overstepped his authority, and that opened the way for a seven-week strike by the steel workers. Today, in 2020, Senator Bernie Sanders, he ended his presidential bid. That made Joe Biden the presumptive Democratic nominee. Some things changed forever on that day and later at the election. There's a lot of um, conversation about what we talked about yesterday on this program, about Disney, Disneyland and Disney World and so on, because they're not only very um, visible here in the United States, but they're visible all around the world. We talked about how they have somehow just sold out. I mean, they've lost their mind, really. And they're, they're just going after this, all of those pronouns and and LGBTQIA2S+, plus, honest. That's what it's evolved to now. It's probably more than that now. I mean, it's just like the whole alphabet. I don't know what it all means, but I mean, that's what they do. And they do this with a straight face. They do it with decorum and like, this is where we are today. This is progress. But we're going to hell in a handbasket. But the world is talking about this and it has aroused the interest and it has aroused some attention across the country and in other nations as well. Like what's going on with Disney? There's a leaked video out there this morning. I talked about this yesterday, not the video, but I talked about this crisis of morality with Disneyland of all places. But there's this leaked video out there now that is, uh, it's from their summit, recent planning summit of the top people in Disney. It was called Reimagine Tomorrow. That was the theme of their summit. It was private. It was supposed to be kept uh, under locks. It was not supposed to get out to the public. But somebody video. You can't. You just gotta assume that somebody's videoing everything you do nowadays because, you know, almost everybody has a has a phone with a camera, and that's what happened here. But anyway, somebody videoed this and and got it out to a few conservatives. But at their summit, it shows Disney corporate president, this Carrie Burke, saying that the company has been, quote, targeting Gen Z and millennials with this LGB and all the letters content, and that her son told her, quote, she's quoting her son as they're setting the course for Disney Corporation. She said her son told her Gen Z is 30 to 40% queerer than the other generation's mom. So Disney better get with it. So that was kind of her motivation to kind of twist this multi-billion dollar company to become an activist organization for these very confused and kids who need help, including her son. She said, when I was at Freeform, that's where she worked before she became the CEO of Disney, or not the, the, um, the corporate president. She said, when I was at Freeform, it was very much in the brand ethos of Freeform to be the tip of the spear when it comes to inclusion. She was saying this. She thought privately. Burke explained of her experience working for another company. She added that the situation is very different at Disney, which caused her to celebrate. And we like you, Latoya, she said, speaking to another woman at the table of this private uh, meeting. She said, and we, like you, LaToya, we jumped up and down. We celebrated that. Nobody stopped us. It felt great. She was talking to the executive producer of all of the Disney content, LaToya Revenue. She has admitted LaToya to having a gay agenda and wanting to get gay advanced, whatever that means, with regards to children's content at Disney. And she's the one that has promised, as I said yesterday, I didn't have this video yesterday. I've looked at it now. It's very telling, but she's the one that has said that going forward, 50% of all Disney content will have LGBTQ, you know, ABCDE plus, plus, minus, whatever content in the, in the, in the, um, Disney programs, movies, etc., 50%. She's talking about a, small, a sliver of people in America who even identify with what they're talking about. They happen to have kids that are driving them. Burke has one pansexual child and one transgender child. She said she believes nobody stopped us when we were targeting Gen Z and millennials. That is the green light. We were targeting a young, I think she's saying this, and again, she, you must understand the, the context. She doesn't know this is going outside the room. She said, we were targeting a young, I think more open-minded, and now we know, as my son texted me this morning, Gen Z is 30 to 40% queerer, than the other generations mom so Disney better get with it and there's more but man boy Los Angeles County made made a, a statement today or yesterday they're banning official travel to the states of Texas and Florida yes over this very issue so if you're on business for Los Angeles County you can't you can't set your foot in Texas or Florida Because they have legislation that is discriminatory. When in fact, the legislation there, as we've said so many times in recent days, is protecting the youngest children from being instructed about sexuality and gender at five years old. And it's giving parents back their authority, rightful authority, in regard to their own children. And that's the kind of reaction These people have owned our children in public education for too long. They've taken it for granted because we didn't stand up because we weren't informed, I'm sure. But that's where we are today. And that that impacts, this whole progressive idea, impacts every single part of the culture. There's no part of the culture that isn't touched by ideology. What do you believe? As a man thinketh in his heart, Scripture says, so is he. And that would be mankind, a man and a woman, anybody. Whatever you think and believe in your heart, that's what you become. That's why we're told so often in God's Word to to focus our attention, keep our eyes turned on Jesus, focus on God as we walk through the fire and the hell of some of these situations that are sin-caused in our world. We need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. You've read this before. Some of you have probably memorized it. You could say it from memory. Let me share a little bit of Hebrews chapter 11. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. Yes, you did. Lord for Daniel. Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of the weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. What does that sound like to you? That sounds like... like like winning, like victory to me. And that's what the Word of God says about our relationship with God, our faith in Him. In all of this stuff that happens in our, in our world, we, we, we see God bringing about righteousness, and through the violence of fire and the edge of the sword and the weakness and all of this kind of thing, Our faith is intact because our faith, our focus is on the Lord, not on all of this stuff that's happening around us. And yet therein is the hope that we have. It's in our faith in Jesus Christ, in our faith in the Word of the Lord. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. It worked for our elders, and it works for us today because the Word of God, does not change and will not pass away. And that leads me to something that I love to say on this program because I believe it with all of my heart. God is in control. God is in control of whatever is happening. The violence of fire, the edge of the sword, in weakness, we're made strong because of our hope that's based in our faith in Jesus Christ and his word, God's word. That's the word of the Lord for the day. I want to talk to you a little bit about two cities. No, it's not the tale of two cities. I want to talk to you a little bit about Seattle and Portland today, just for a few minutes. Crime is soaring in Seattle in the wake of city council's decision to Defund the police, partially in the wake of the George Floyd riots. You remember Black Lives Matter protest, Capitol Hill. Boy, that that's a memory. The occupied protest. They called it Chop, then they called it Chaz, back in the summer of 2020. Then Mayor Durkin called it a summer of love. It was hardly that. I think she regretted making that statement. But America's crime-ridden, woke capital. In Portland, keep Portland weird, is already on track to surpass last year's record-breaking murder total as well, with homicides up more than 10% compared to just 2021. Since then, these two sister cities of crime and violence and homelessness, you name it, we've got it. These two sister cities have walked down the path of destruction hand in hand. They think, they think that electing someone else of the same mindset will make everything better. It won't. That's the problem with progressivism. And I want to talk to you about progressivism today in the context of a biblical worldview. Progressivism is violently opposed to God's word, to the Christian worldview. It sounds cool. It sounds elite. It sounds academic. It sounds like PhD, but it's destructive. And that's what we're experiencing in the Northwest and other cities, particularly on the West Coast. A leftist Seattle columnist admits that Seattle has gone backward 30 years due to crime. They can never identify why there is crime. And why there are a million tents down the sidewalk where little kids used to walk with their mom and dad and shop in the stores. They can never identify it as anything other than crime is the problem. Not what creates the crime. C.S. Lewis gave us a little insight into that and I want to share that with you today. The solution to failed progressive policies. It's pretty simple. He was brilliant. The smarter people are the better they can communicate simple ideas about complex problems. C.S. Lewis was one of those. Once an atheist, found Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, as you know, I'm sure. 2020, Seattle City Council voted to defund the police by 50%. That should be some kind of a hint. Even a fifth grader knows that. If you get rid of the police, you'll probably have more crime overriding then-Mayor Jenny Durkin's veto. She didn't want to do that, to her credit. But they did it anyway. They started with what the far-left progressive elites called a down payment of 100 officers being cut from the force. This was on their knees before Black Lives Matter, worshiping them almost, certainly bowing down to them. Police Chief Best, the day they announced that, she said, I'm out. She promptly retired. Last quarter, Seattle recorded 13 homicides, the most in six years. Seattle is on pace, according to the Seattle Times, to surpass last year's crime rates, which was worse than the year before. The Times says, Seattle Times, last year 88 people were fatally shot, 372 were wounded by gunfire in King County, surpassing 2020's record high of 69 gun-related homicides, 268 shooting uh, injuries. I want to just pause here for a moment. I'm going to give, be giving you a few more facts before we move on in what I want to say about these two cities. But one of the reasons the leftist media and Danny Westney in particular are talking about this is they're building the case against anyone having a gun. Now, I understand that. And I think you you know that as well. So that's their issue. I mean, that's their agenda. It's not necessary. I mean, they don't like crime. They don't want to walk through feces on the sidewalks and all this stuff. I mean, nobody wants, I mean, I don't think anybody wants that. But their real agenda and all of a sudden now coming out and writing about this and making a big deal of not that others haven't done this before but this is very focused now. But it's it's an attempt to identify all of this is happening because of guns. So keep that in the back of your mind. We, You and I both know that. That's what the motive is. But the information is very revealing and telling. The solution is not grabbing a gun somewhere away from someone and melting it down in a public ceremony or whatever. That isn't going to change anything, nothing. I think everybody knows that, even these guys. I think they know it. If they don't, then they should. It's worse than you think, if not. Anyway, com, uh, columnist uh, Denny uh, Westney wrote Wednesday, day before yesterday in the Seattle Times, he said, we've had over a 95% increase, and he's, he's very far left. He said, we've had over a 95% increase in more shots fired with 171 increase in people being shot compared to last year. Police Chief Adrian Diaz he says she told reported that to our numb city council recently. She said and last and last year was one of the highest years we've had on record. Aggravated assaults, which last year were already up twenty four percent or up another thirty three percent. This is just in the city of Seattle proper. The first quarter of twenty twenty two as compared to the first three months of twenty twenty one. That's according to preliminary reports. They'll be verified later, but they're probably correct. Robberies are up 30% in 2022 already. Overall crime is up 32% from 1,051 incidents in the first three months of 2021 to 1,387 this year in the first three months. Westneat also noted that Seattle had gone 30 years backward. Those are his words. 30 years backward in terms of crime nearing a per capita crime rate last seen in 1995. It also, he said, it has also lost 375 police officers putting the city's police force at levels last seen in the 1990s. In June of 2020, Black Lives Matter protested occupied six blocks of the city. It was on Capitol Hill, as you remember, after local leaders told then police chief Carmen Best to stand down and abandon the Eastern Precinct. The protesters called their utopia, (laughs) the crime-filled community, they called it the CHOP, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, then they called it it CHAZ after that. It lasted for weeks before being cleared by authorities. What caused them to clear that, the authorities? They got tired of it? They finally saw the solution? No. And even Westneet admits it in this article. That followed the threats of then President Donald Trump to intervene. So one party believes in the law and the other believes in lawlessness. That's what even they admitted this in their story. I, I, I was surprised they said that. It's true, but I was surprised they said that. As of March 6, Portland already had 22 murders since the start of 2022, up from the 19 in the same period last year. If it keeps the same pace, Portland could see around 130 murders this year, which would once again break the record of the most homicides in the city. Last year, Portland had 92 homicides, breaking the 1987 record of 70. It was on pace to have around 102 last year. All crime is up in Portland, with a total number of crimes rising from 9,600 in 2020 to 10,200 in 2021, about a 6% increase. Portland saw an increase in crime from protests over the George Floyd uh, murder or killing, but they saw it from other things as well. The Seattle Times says, and other news uh, sources are saying, there's a 250% increase in murders within the first six months in Portland during that period. Led by Black Lives Matter de- demands, the city slashed its police budget following George Floyd's death by about $15 million initially with more promised. Police retirements, resignations, they followed in mass, as we all know. There's more but most of us know c s lewis is an author a philosopher a theologian a christian apologist a very brilliant man he was indeed all that however he the guy that gave us narnia and lions and witches and wardrobes and defenses of the christian faith also gave us some a lot of conversation about progressivism in fact He strongly resisted European progressivism during his life. He wrote about it, rejecting their assumption of man's inherent goodness and of the state as an idol. In fact, he described progressivism as state worship, predicated on the assumption of man's inevitable rise to godhood. He said, man thinks, progressives think they are like God, that they are good, and goodness will prevail, and they will ascend even to become like a god. That's how they justify their push for power to take over. And every time they help the people, he says in one of his books, he says, they, they take away some of our liberties. It was in his 1958 essay, Is Progress Possible? Willing Slaves of the Welfare State that he prophetically warned of the tendency of progressives to take away human liberties in the name of progress. He said then, when our whole lives become the business of the state, we become the slaves to the state and can no longer question the ideology of the state. He wrote that these are some of the hazards of an increasingly planned society and a mother-knows-best government. A primary solution to this danger, he proposed, is an education not controlled by the government. He wrote these commendations while people like Lenin and Stalin, their footprint and their shadow was everywhere. How many times have you heard progressives in Seattle and Portland and elsewhere say, we're making progress, we're making progress. Biden's slogan is build back better. That's rooted in some of the Marxism of the past. Progressivism always destroys. In mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, progress means getting nearer to the place you want to be. And if you have taken a wrong turn, then to go forward does not get you nearer to where you want to be. If you are on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. Hopefully, we can walk back at least a ways to the right road in the coming election, this year, the midterm. But we need to pray for America, and we need to be on our knees and on our feet addressing these issues, and we are. There is an awakening. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he's going to show us the pathway. But we're on the wrong road. Nearly 75% of Americans said in a poll yesterday they believe America's on the wrong track. Thanks for being with me today. Have a wonderful weekend and thank you for your support. We need it. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. See you Monday.